episode three of the Matthew Cox four-part interview. This one's a cracker. The shift in perspective, the self-awareness, the change in perspective, the people that he sees doing good in prison and how that affects him. Oh yes, this episode is a cracker. As a reminder, our friend Matthew Cox was number one, the number one most wanted on the Secret Service most wanted list. And he gets sentenced to 26 years in prison for stealing $15 million and committing $55 million in mortgage fraud. Follow Matt's breadcrumbs and enjoy episode three. Imagine a conscious contact with God so strong that no matter what you are doing or not doing, that no matter what your kids are up to or not up to, and that whether you've got the person of your dreams or they're just not cooperating, that you are happy, content, and at peace. A space where everyone else's thoughts, attitudes, and actions are beautiful and exactly as they are supposed to be. Well, this is the space where I like to play. My name is Misha Z, and this is today's Bitch Slap. Join me as I shed light on the thoughts, actions, and attitudes that are causing you pain, and we train our minds to go to the capital S inner self, the joy that is waiting for us, the God within. So I want to get back to you're in art school. You're, you're like, I am not, I'm not, I'm not living in four people to a, to a, to a flat or whatever um, studio and you have it in your head that I want to make money. Clearly it's in your head, right? Right. Okay. And so then you jump into construction and what, so what sort of addictive patterns do you have flowing at this point? Anything or what's up? Like, are you a good guy or like, cause you, there's this point in the book, you're like, yeah, I have the opportunity to commit fraud and okay. But up until that point, I've never done it. Well, no, I'd never broken the law. I mean, I don't think, I don't consider myself, like, I, I think I've, I mean, I, I, I do, am I a good guy up to that point? I, I would say not really. I mean, I, I hang out, my friends are, you know, kind of dirt bags. I've got kind of a dirt bag mentality. I'm, you know, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. I don't. And how's that showing? So when you say you've got a dirt bag mentality, you're like, you're. I mean, I, I didn't, I didn't really have close friends. I didn't have good relationships. Um, I, uh, uh, yeah, I just, I just don't think. I was it was very a, a very selfish person and completely unaware of it. You know, I think it's Love vastly, I, I think it's vastly different being someone who's selfish or narcissistic or arrogant and and being aware of it and trying to work on it as opposed to doing it. And if you had if you told me that at that point you're you're a jerk or you're being arrogant or you, I would argue with you. We yeah. talked about it. We're you know, because I was still a kid. Totally. And, and so I would argue about it and, but looking back and I see my behavior and the, the, the way I spoke with people and how I yeah. felt about people, extremely judgmental. Yes. You know, and I'm and relating just, by the way. I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, you I, get I, like, I got older. I mean, it really wasn't until I basically went to prison. Yeah. Look, think about it like this. I remember being 
overwhelmingly um, offended when I, after I'd stolen 11 and a half, I'm sorry, after I'd stolen, yeah, 11 and a half million dollars while on federal probation, was on the run, was number one on the Secret Service's most wanted list, was commit, currently committing fraud, and the newspapers were calling me a con man. The nerve, the nerve. of them. What so when con man? Who do they? They don't know me. Motherfucker, yeah. you're on the run from the secret <laughs> service. You, you, you're doing. I mean, it's like it's like how delusional, how oh my god, detached yeah. from reality was I? So when's the bitch slap moment where you're like, oh my god, is it three years in prison? Is it? Is there? They. Oh, I, I think twenty six. I think probably, I mean, I, there's probably multiple, probably 26 years and probably a few years after that, when I realized the government fully intended for me to do all the time, like they weren't like I was expecting 26 years and then I'm going to get my sentence reduced a couple of times because I had cooperated. Okay. And I was expecting to get a reduction in my sentence. Yeah. And when I found out that the government was reneging on their offer, yeah, I went, um, uh, wait a minute, well, well we got to fix this. Yeah. But it turns out you can't fix it. Yep. There's no fixing it. So humbling, just- Right, right. now you core. realize, now I realize I'm doing 26 years, I'll be 60 years old when I get out. And I'm in my 30s at the time. And like so that's now. the moment where you're like, all right, people are telling me to shut up and listen when they're talking to me for 10 minutes, yep. I will. Right. Well, is that what I, I, yeah, I, I definitely think it, at some point, you know, you start to realize this is it. And it, it's, it's funny because at that point, when I realized, you know, up until that point, I would say I was still in the complaining mode. Okay. This was unfair. Mm. Life should be like this. Life should be like that. This isn't right. This, what they're doing. They did this to me. They did this to me. They did this to me. And I once, and then at some point, and I can't, I can't actually tell you when it was, it was definitely about the time when I started, it started to dawn on me, you're going to do all the time. When I started to realize, you know, they, nobody put you here, yeah. you know, it's you put you here, volition. you know, yeah. did, did, you know, did I get too much time? I, I, I'll, I'll never think I got enough, got the right amount of time, but I deserve to be in prison. <laughs> Like, yeah. like I deserve to be, I mean, I had met guys that had gone to, fe gone to state prison for yeah. murder, yeah. gotten out, gone back to state prison for something out, gotten out, and then gone to the federal prison and met me. And I'm still serving my original sentence. You know, it's interesting. It's almost a gift for you, right? Because if you wouldn't have gotten the too much time, perhaps you're still doing the same shenanigans. Oh yeah. Listen, not, during that time period, yeah. I'm thinking about how do I get out of prison and start committing fraud again? Dude, that's amazing. Thank you. But for that. the moment I made that switch, yes. the moment I started thinking, I put me here. It's not my fault. Stop bitching about the food. Stop bitching because the mattress sucks. Stop bitching because all these guys are screaming all the time and you don't have any privacy. Stop bitching because you can't turn the TV. Stop bitching because life's not fair. Well, life's not fair. I don't know whoever, whoever, you know, I always love that people, well, that's not right. That's not right. I don't know who told you life was fair because they did you a huge disjustice, I assure you. Yes. Um, you know, and I started thinking to myself, you, it could be worse. You could be a Jew in 1938 Germany. Yeah. You could be, you could be, um, uh, you know, you could be an African 
in Louisiana in the 1850s. You know what I'm saying? You start doing that and you go, you could be a POW in Japan in, in, you know, 1942, you know, I mean, it's just, you start adding it up and you start going, this isn't bad. Like this is not so bad. And then all I did was, you know, I started writing and then I, I started actively trying not to complain and not to stop feeling bad for yourself. Suck it up, man up. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it, it was not an immediate thing. I mean, other than the 26 years, that was just crushing. I mean, I literally mm-hmm. cried for two days straight, but a couple <laughs> years, two, three years after that, yeah, when, the, I, when I realized that. I'm doing it, yeah, doing the time. When I realized that, that took a, took a few weeks to figure that out, maybe months. But when I finally kind of curbed my whole, got my thinking right, prison was not that bad. And, and by the time I was leaving prison, literally when I got my sentence cut for the second time, and I realized I was going to be leaving prison within basically about a year. Yeah. You know, my first thought, well, well I had about 18 months. I was going to be leaving within about... 12 months to 18 months, depending on halfway house. Yeah. My first thought was, is there enough time for me to finish these stories? I don't think there's enough time. Mm. I mean, I was like, and I remember telling my buddy, I, I was like, I was like, you know, what's fucked up is I was like, like, I don't think there's enough time for me to finish these stories. Mm. Like I still have to finish this story, this story, and this one. And I'm halfway through. I mean, this one's going to take this long. And I still want to turn this one into a book. Mm. Like I, and I remember he just looked at me like, are you insane? He was like, he goes, finish it on the street. Because what are you, what are you even thinking? And I was like, I, I, I want to get out. I want But these guys were very concerned. Like they were like, you're not like I. They're like, I don't. It's not your thought process isn't right. It's not but right. It was okay though. But I by that point I was okay in prison. I'd been in prison so long that I was I knew how everything worked and I was okay and I had a. I had been writing for two, three years and I've been collecting these stories and I, I really, really enjoyed my life. Yeah. So, which is beautiful. That's that to me is the, I, that was the thing on the minimalist minimalist. I'm like, this is the picture of I'm in prison and I found happiness, which I get the sense of, and you say that. And so I, I do believe it. Maybe it's a, I don't know. I believe that about you yet we've got billionaires leaping out of buildings right and so the idea that money brings us happiness and or the girl or i mean all those shiny objects can be great but ultimately we got to find a different source for happiness and um so i really when i'm thinking like all right i'm going to talk to matt here and and so for me and my addiction my addictions and my compulsions and my selfishness, you know, it's been like, I've been in the recovery community for so long that there's always this talk of higher powers and gods and all these things, right? And so I I believe for me that 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 source, or again, call it whatever you will, has been a catalyst for me for change, right? And those are gifted moments by the universe, or call it what you will. So, or to not fall back in those addictive patterns, I've got to lean into like community, uh, spirit, uh, you know, do some, some continued work on myself. And so for you, 
in prison, you have that mindset change. Are you like, thank you, God, all right, I believe in a God now. And I, I don't mean like Jesus God, maybe it is for you or any of that going on or, or what's up? Tell me about I mean, honestly, it's, it's funny because do you know how many people I've talked to that have told me like, well, you don't believe in God. And I'm like, when have I ever said that? And yeah. they just knowing me, they just believe that's the case. Yeah. They're like, what do you mean? Well, you know, I've never heard you talk about religion. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm not a big believer in organized religion at all. Yeah. But I'm a huge, but, but, but I, I believe in God. I mean, okay. the difference is this. Do I believe that there's any real proof of a God? No. Okay. I don't see any miracles. I don't see any of that. What I see is that it is, it makes me feel good to believe that I will go on, that my family members that are, that have died will go on, yeah. that it's comforting to know that I don't, I won't blink out of existence or my, my friends and family won't. So it's, is it just that it's just comforting? It really doesn't matter what the reason is. The point is, I like to believe that, that that's the case. I like to believe that the things that we do will help us along our path, that if you do good things, good things will happen. Yeah. And, and I understand that it doesn't always work like, like that. But I also believe that, that you just don't know what you don't know what God's plan is. Yep. So love that the, the child that dies from cancer, it's horrible. You know, the guy that lives to be 95 years old and smokes every day, you know, <laughs> it's the luck of the draw. <laughs> Lottery alive, brother. You don't know. So, but, you yeah. know, but, 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 but you, you don't know that that person doesn't come back. You don't know that they go on to something greater. You don't know. You don't know. And it's comforting. And because if you really thought there's nothing here, you never go on and you'll you'll just die and blink out of existence. Then, then what am I doing? Yeah. Doesn't so anything. Yeah. So for me, I've needed a divine intervention and I'm just going to say divine intervention and that can manifest through groups of people or whatever. So I don't, I just, and I look at you and your, and it became very the sense that I got from, you know, relatively normal, arrogant, or I don't want to say relatively normal, but in your youth, arrogant, selfish, whatever, you're not drinking or drugging though, but clearly the basis for addiction has been laid for you. Right. right. We, and you, so, see, can I say, you know, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people, if they watch this, yeah. not that anybody's going to watch your podcast. Um, but, <laughs> Thank you for that. If by some by the miracle, way, yes, you hit the algorithm right, you yes. ride that wave. I don't know. Yes, but um, a lot of people by this point, like, oh, he's never drank. He's never did. You have to understand. My father was an alcoholic. My brother yeah. was an alcoholic, uh, or is an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, my grandfather died of alcoholism. I mean, so there is a whole trend of alcoholics and it is in your freaking dna something of alcoholism drug addiction or this or that so to me i listen to your story and this is my naivety from what i've been able to glean from a book you've written from any podcast episodes that i've had to i've got the opportunity to see and based on my own x amount of years in recovery right so i'm like all right arrogant selfish young guy sort of a disruptive family, maybe on the curve of normalcy, your family is 
you know, there's a line that in recovery, the, the, uh, what is it? The warped lives of blameless children. I don't know if you've, people will say that about alcoholics. It's like this, the warped life of blameless children. It's like you come out of that alcoholic inferno. It's like, I'm going to be warped. And I'm, I don't want to say that's, that's what happened to you. I don't even mean, I'm sorry to even say it like that, but I, I just, at some point after seeing my father and the, just the damage that he caused, I just made the decision. I was never going to drink. I love it. So then I am not going to be an alcoholic. So, but then you're like the opportunity to, and I love that I've had those points in my life where, and I was in the mortgage business, as I'd said in your email. And so I got to see a lot of stuff. I worked for Wells Fargo. I was on the A paper side. So you went from subprime to (laughs) complete rogue, (laughs) but, uh, I just, it sounds to me like, or I look at it and go, all right, you got, you committed a little bit of a crime after not really, or uh, not really breaking the law. The way you said it was, I'd never, all I really had was a couple of speeding tickets. And then my girlfriend, I think it was your girlfriend or whoever you're working with is like, Hey, you know, we can cut and paste or whatever. I can't remember the exact. Oh, no, that was, yeah. That was my manager. Yeah, yeah, your manager she's like we can massage this and you're like wait a minute this is fraud right and then and then your initial instinct was no don't do that right right okay so then you do it and then that's the turning point for you where for me it was whatever it was i'm never going to drink and do drugs but for whatever reason at 14 the addiction cycle took off in me and then perhaps for you it was quelled until <laughs> fraud opportunity and you get away with it and then it lights the fire and then it just escalates and escalates and escalates and so you finally capitulate whatever get caught and so it's full addictive right it just keeps scaling and scaling and scaling and you're talking in your book eloquently about sometimes the feelings of it and the 007 effect and these different things and and so then uh, and this is my uh, this is really a question because i'm truly interested right i go man, I've needed, I feel like divine in, intervention to change my behavior and fall out of that addictive loop, right? And the things that I do for that, I pray a lot, I meditate a lot, I try to be of support in the recovery community as much as I can, mentor people. So my question to you is like, did you just, you, sounds like you said three, four, five years in prison, you have a shift, you're like, oh my God, I'm the problem right? Which what a beautiful moment of clarity and you find peace in prison. How do you maintain that? Or so do you, so that's my question. Is it just like dumb luck? The shit's been removed and, or are you talking to, to God help me not fall back in that? Does that make sense? Or was that just a. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I don't, I think it was, it was just a constant thing having to constantly remind myself and then eventually changing my my outlook or my behavior and, 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 you know, I want to do this, but you know, that's not the right thing to do. And I, you know, you always know the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, you just don't do it. It's just everybody. I like, I've, I've always known what was right. Yeah. You know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, I didn't realize that, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize that changing those W2s and pay subs <laughs> and collecting a check for $3,500 yeah. was wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like, everybody's doing it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I think it was just, I just, you know, it took, it just took a while. It took a, you know, it took a while to kind of say, stop doing this, stop doing that. Yeah. You don't want to be that guy 
walking around just miserable. And there's so many of those guys that are just, they, there were multiple guys in prison that were in their 70s and 80s working out every day, had the best attitudes, had yeah. done 40 years in prison. And yeah. you were just like, how are you? How does this guy so upbeat and happy and not always helping people out, always saying, hey, oh, oh do you, you know, you know, I got some of that. Hold on. Going and getting it out of his locker. And, oh, hey, I got the no, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. that kind of you know, you're like, how is this such a nice guy? And he's done 30 years in prison. He works yeah. out every day. He's always helping everybody. He's got a great attitude. How is that? How yeah. why is you know, I want to be that guy. I love it. You know, I I I, I would say, you know, it's funny. Um I did sources a of inspiration. Like that's beautiful. Yeah, I yeah, they God, there's these guys. They listen, and, and then there were other guys that had it just barely even had a sentence had made a couple million dollars, barely had a sentence, then bitched and moaned every single day the entire time they were locked up. Like you had given them a life sentence and they were innocent. The truth is you stole millions of dollars and you got a couple of years and you are complaining and bitching and making yourself miserable and everybody else miserable. Yeah, You're just a horrible, hor and you realize you're just a horrible person. Yeah, You know, like, like, like the guy that's got 40 years that had maybe maybe murdered somebody, maybe murdered multiple people. Yeah. And you're looking at that person, you're thinking, he's a good person. He's a murderer. <laughs> and you're looking at the other guy who cheated on his taxes and you hate him. Dude, what, how profound is that, man? It's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Attitude, you can feel it. You can feel that on people. You can feel that energy, that negative energy talking yeah. to someone. And these are all those things that I thought were so stupid before I went to prison. And now I realize, look, let me put it this way. When I got out and I was thinking, I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to try and make this happen, you yes. know, but I'm not going to starve. Yes. I'm going to bust my ass. I'm going to make this happen. Yes. I'm going to do everything I can. And I remember thinking, I'm not going to just do it for the money. I'm going to do it because you told me your story in prison and I wrote your story and I promised you I would try and make it work. I would try, mm. promise you I'd try and get the, the story that I wrote, get your story out there. And I would try and get a, a, a series or a documentary. I would try. Mm. I can't say I can't promise you, but I'm going to make a valid effort. I'm going to try and get this done. And I will do everything I can in my power. Mm. I'm not going to screw you over or do anything. If I make money on it, I'm going to give you what I mean, we're going to get a contract. I'm going to split the money with you. I'm going to this whole thing. Um. And I can't tell you, I've been pushing and pushing and pushing. And I've no, I have no experience doing this. I've no, I have no right to believe that I can do it, but, but doors seem to be opening up left and right. Beautiful. I mean, the idea that I, the first day I got into, I got to prison. I called a friend, a, a, a guy that I, I kind of grew up with. Mm-hmm. I called him. Hey, what's going on? He said, Oh, wow. Are you, where are you? Are you? He goes, I was thinking about you the other day. I said, okay. I see. He said, oh, where are you? So at the halfway house. He said, um, man, what do you, do you need anything? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I mean, I just got back from Walmart. I got, just got clothes. I mean, what do I need? I need a job. He goes, well, I can't pay you a lot, but I can give you a job. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, well, yeah. So he said, okay, when can I pick you up? I said, well, you got to fill out some paperwork. So he fills out the paperwork and, you know, then 
two, three days later, he picks me up and we go to work as soon as I, or, and I, when I pulls up and I get into his vehicle, yeah, concrete's on. So as soon as I'm driving, he says, oh, I'm listening. He's listening to concrete on the podcast. And he goes, Hey, did you want to call this guy? And I go, why? He goes, oh, he talks to real estate guys. And I go, okay. And he said, yeah, he, you, you know, he probably, he probably want to talk to you. And I went, about what he goes about he goes about real estate i said bro i just got out of prison for bank fraud for related to real estate he didn't want to talk to me well i'm the last person he wants to talk to i'm not like a legitimate real estate guy he's like yeah yeah he said well i said no i said i i'm you understand i've written all these stories i want to do this i want to do that and as i'm talking to him on the way there he said well you ought to call him about that and i went what do you mean he said yeah you could he could probably you could probably start a podcast or something you could probably do something i thought I could, he probably could answer some questions, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I get him on the phone. I send him an email. He sends me a text. He says, Hey, let's get on the phone. And we get on the phone. We start talking. And he said, I asked, tell him what I want to do. I'd never heard a podcast, but I read three articles on them. And I knew that there was a big deal. I read those articles about three months before I went to prison. That's my whole thing. This is a thing now. Podcast is a thing. True crime podcast is a thing. I don't know what that means. I don't know what a podcast is. I'm like, like a, I have got new guys coming in trying to explain it to me. I'm like, so it's a radio show. They're like, it's kind of like a radio show. Right. But, and they kind of, they're explaining, those guys explaining ser- the Serial, which was like the, one of the first true crime podcasts. It's yeah. called Serial. Okay. And he explains how they do this. And I'm like, like a radio show. He's like, no. It's- <laughs> right? You're like and trying to make the... Sometimes it's on video. Sometimes it's on audio. So if it's on audio, it's on the radio. No, I've never seen an iPhone. I don't know what an iPhone is. Dude, I don't know what iTunes is. Dude, I love that. I've never been on Facebook. I it had just that. come out. It had just come out a few months before I left. Look, MySpace was on was but, big. Oh my god! And I didn't have a I didn't have a MySpace thing because I'm on the run. Yeah. My girlfriend said, "Hey, we should get one of these Facebook things," and I said, "Nuts!" <laughs> what? So. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know that I'd ever been on YouTube, you know, um, it was out, but I'd never really watched any videos or anything that I, I think of. So, so anyway, he explained, they're explaining to me. I read some stuff. So I call, I talked to Danny, I call it, get Danny on the phone. Danny says, well, you know, a good way to figure out if anybody's interested is to come on my thing and tell your story. Yeah. You, know, you were on American greed. You were on Dateline. You got a story. Yeah. Tell your story. See if anybody's interested. Maybe they'll be interested. Maybe that'll turn into something. Yeah, And I know he's really just trying to get me to come on this podcast and do the story. I know when I'm being worked. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, all right. So I sat there and I went, I, I kept telling him, kept putting him off because I was in the halfway house. It's like, look, I can't do it. I'm in the halfway house. Yeah. So then I'd been out of the halfway house a couple months. And he called me one day. He said, listen, I haven't put up anything in two weeks. Yeah. He said, the guy that I, well, used to be like my big draw, he he and I had an issue. I, I had a guest drop out and I, I, I need you to come on the podcast. I've answered all your questions and I've been really bugging him. Yeah. He said, you said you'd come on the podcast. And I went, where are you? And he's like, it's here. I'm here. And I was like, it's like 45 minutes away. And he's like, bro, I'll buy you dinner. I'll, I'll pay for your gas. I'm like, I got a piece of junk car. You might never even make it across the bridge. He goes, I'll pick you up if you, you know, when you break down, you need to go. I said, all right. 
So I go there and I do the podcast. Let me talk for two hours. Yeah. And he says, uh, and then when I leave, he posts it. And he says, uh, I remember when I got up and I left, I've been telling this story for 10 years. Yeah. So when I walked in, he goes, I said, okay. He said, okay, so uh, how long is it going to take for you to tell your story? I said, bro, you tell me. I said, I got a, I got a five minute version. I got a 15 minute version. I got a 45. Yeah. I got an hour and a half and I got a two hour version. Which one so do you want? Beautiful. Yeah. He goes, let's do the two hour one. I go, that's a long time, bro. He said, and he looked at me and he went, I said, honestly, two hours is only going to bring me up to prison. Yeah. And, and he said, he goes, let's do it. So two hours and 15 minutes later, we get up to leave. I uh, leave. And I was like, man, I'm sorry. I talked so long and this, and I drank. And he looked at me, he goes, Oh, that's the best podcast I think I've ever done. It was, a thing. It was amazing. You have an amazing story. Cause he doesn't really react. Yeah. The whole time he's like, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm saying stuff that guys, stuff in prison guys are like, get out of here. Like guys are like, what? That's yeah. no, you did. I'm like, I did. I'm telling you, that's what happened. Yeah. And, uh, so, I mean, I'm telling about getting caught in the banks and stealing millions and doing yeah. this and how I came up with this. And, th and he's inquisitive. So when I leave, he's like, that was a great podcast. I was like, really? I said, okay. I still don't really know what that means. So I get out. It ends up getting like, in, within like a week, it probably got, it's probably three, took a couple of days for it to get 100,000 subscribers, 100,000. Within probably a month, it probably had couple hundred no 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 within two months it had over a million it was over a million in about two months so yeah. and i think it's at 1.6 or 1.7 now something like that yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them's at one point i did another one got another one to like 1.8 million yeah. he had me come back immediately as soon as it like two months later he was like he kept calling he's like you gotta come back you gotta, you gotta do it again it's like he's and i'm like well i told you the story and he's like what happened in prison yeah he's like oh yeah yeah he's like you know so all right so i came back i did that one that one's got like 600,000, 700,000. Yeah, it's beautiful. I, so. I, I love how um, I just think that uh, I look at it and I, I, I'm like, yeah, man, it's, it's cool to see a shift in, clearly a shift in perspective and attitude and awareness. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see. So how do you support that continued that continued shift. That is a fine spot to end episode three. Uh, keep an eye out for episode four. It's just as much fun as three. And I hope you are enjoying the Matthew Cox interview as much as I did. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for spending time with me today. As someone who is committed to growth and service to this world, I so appreciate your willingness to come with me, go within, and serve our world through change. If you found value in this podcast and you know someone who can use this message, share this episode with them. Share it so our mission can be achieved one episode at a time. And of course, subscribe so you can hear more. And lastly, for more resources on what has helped me on my journey and can help you on yours, go to belove.media forward slash resources. That's B-E-L-O-V-E dot media forward slash resources. Thank you again for listening.